0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: People may not always see eye-to-eye with him, but they will always listen to his opinion. This is The Roy Green Show.
0: Last month, as our hotel program reached capacity, we also began temporarily housing new refugee arrivals and asylum seekers in dormitories in two Toronto colleges as part of an emergency contingency plan. And this was thanks to the assistance of the Government of Ontario and the Colleges themselves. We've been seeing an increasing number of refugees and asylum seekers looking for somewhere to live temporarily within our shelter system while they get settled, as most successfully do within quite a reasonable time frame. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be Mr. John Tory, the mayor of Toronto. What do you mean? Refugees. Their status hasn't been established. And uh, Mr. Mr. Mayor, people are in Canada illegally. You do understand that. The borders still mean something, or should. This whole idea that uh, no one is illegal seems to be winning the day. What about the people who line up for years and wait and wait and wait and play according to the rules to get into Canada? Mr. is quoted as saying, we've exhausted our available sites, our resources, and our personnel. We need other levels of government to step up and assist Toronto in a True partnership, and I would say the primary leadership and partnership role in that regard rests with the government of Canada. The federal government announced earlier this month that Ontario will receive $11 million of the $50 million to help pay for some of the costs of asylum seekers, seekers illegally crossing the Canada-U.S. border. Illegally. Uh, Tory says, although the money is appreciated, there's still a lack of direction and leadership when it comes to housing new arrivals. This is from Global News. Uh, He says they should be stepping forward and saying we have a place or series of places where we can actually take a degree of this responsibility on and help Toronto do the right thing for these families. Although an exhaustive search for additional shelter capacity is being pursued with federal and provincial colleagues, still no appropriate sites for additional shelter spaces for refugee and asylum claimants have been identified. This is according to a report. The border is there for a reason, which seems to escape some people. And for for some odd reason, Mr. Tory, John, I've known you for a long time, but Mr. Tory doesn't seem to understand or is willing to accept publicly that there's a connection between the sanctuary city status and the financial challenges he's facing now. Rochelle Rempel is the critic, the immigration and citizenship critic for the Conservative Party of Canada the shadow minister, and she joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Corpus Radio Network. Michelle, thank you for the time. When you hear Mr. Tory's uh, h- h- argument, uh, what do you hear?
2: Well, just to be very frank, I think that there has been, putting it mildly, not a lot of planning around statements like hashtag welcome to Canada, the tweet that was issued by Justin Trudeau, or even proclamations of sanctuary cities. I think you know, the, the public has seen a lot of announcements in, in terms of them being sort of goodwill statements, but now the rubber's really hitting the road. And I think that it is irresponsible for governments and politicians to make statements like these without thinking about the long-term impact in terms of planning, because these are human beings, right? I mean, uh, I think it's very uncompassionate to give people false hope to come to Canada um As asylum seekers, we know many will not have their asylum claims validated. And then further, I mean, to not have plans to house people um, and integrate them into the Canadian society, I think is not fair only to people, not only to people that are coming to Canada this way, but also to the Canadian taxpayer, because, you know, there are people who are listening to your show People that have come to Canada legally that have people waiting that are saying, well, how come there's all of these resources that are being diverted to people who are entering the country illegally? There are people who are veterans who are listening to your show that are going, okay, well, what about us? Um, There are people who are homeless in Toronto already who are saying, okay, well, what about us? And, you know... You have to plan for, for statements like this. Like, what did they think was going to happen? Canada is a very prosperous, generous, compassionate country. Of course people are going to come here when proclamations like that are made. And my understanding now is that the plan um, is, that, you know, if I'll put that in, in, in quotations, the so-called plan, is to put people on buses from Toronto and bus them to other parts of Ontario or the country. I mean, that's like playing a shell game. Um, so it's very frustrating because my party, we've been... You know, I've been on the front of this, so as Andrew Shear for well over a year, saying the government needs to close the loophole on the agreement with the United States, which is been enabling this this large wave of migration. And uh, instead, they're coming up with these sort of band-aid approaches because they don't want to have to say that they made these you know, proclamations without a plan to follow up.
0: Well, they're caught in the paralysis of analysis, I think, and, uh, and, and, and you're, you're, made to be, you're supposed to feel heartless if you challenge the fact that people are just illegally being allowed to enter this country, are making their claims, and then have sometimes years before they're actually adjudicated and it's decided whether or not they can stay in Canada. I just want to – you mentioned veterans, and I, I just want to run this story by you because it's something we're going to do tomorrow. There are in Afghanistan and some other parts of the world, there are still Afghans who worked as interpreters for Canada's forces during that Afghan war, Afghanistan war. They were on the front lines with our forces. When our Canadian soldiers were shot at, they were shot at. I've been communicating with a a, a young man in uh, in Afghanistan. His name just goes with an, an anglicized name of Alex. Well, Alex is trying to get into Canada. He can't. They won't allow him in. They're not doing anything to provide him any assistance to get into Canada. They're not, not making anything available to him. This is a young man who stood with shoulder to shoulder beside our forces. Um, and and he, there was a very brief window when these interpreters could actually apply to enter Canada. Alex told us that at the time, much of that, he was out in the in the field with our forces. So he didn't manage to to, to apply then. I'm going to have him on with Major uh, Mark Campbell from the PPCLI, who lost both of his legs to an IED attack. Major Campbell believes very strongly that someone like Alex should be allowed into Canada. He's being kept out, but people who can make it to Canada illegally, Michelle, get somehow get pushed along the the process, and then it's then it's the then it's the taxpayers' problem, as pointed out by John Tory. This is just wrong.
2: Well, th- there is a question of fairness here, right? So uh, you know. Justin Trudeau and his minister would have people who are trying to legally enter the country through all sorts of different immigration streams believe that this mass migration that's happening at the Roxham Road border crossing does not affect other processing lines, and that's complete hogwash. Because there, you know, when, when when the immigration minister stands up in the House of Commons and says, "Oh, we've just diverted or invested." quote unquote, invested $200 million to process the claims of people who are legally crossing the border. Well, that's $200 million that could have been used to process claims for people that are coming in legally. We know that there were dozens of staff that were diverted um, to Montreal for a processing center last year. I mean, of course, it's going to have an impact. And to me, you know, there's the fairness element for people who are playing by the rules and have long delays. Uh, and it's not just the interpreters. I mean, you know, and I can't speak to speak any specific case, but, you know, I've had m- members of the Iranian community um, who have had long delays for their uh, permanent residency status, um, spousal reunification, um, living caregivers being unified with their children, even privately sponsored refugees, Roy. I mean, uh, some of these people who are languishing, languishing in UNHCR camps and they have money raised for them to come to Canada by private Canadian citizens, are looking at a seven-year wait time so I, I, of course it, it's completely unfair and then the other component is it, it's not compassionate i mean you've seen me advocate you've had me on the show to talk about the, the plight of the yazidi people who faced the genocide yes. and had virtually no access to come into canada as refugees uh, you know i, I my, my leader andrew Scheer, and i we made an announcement around lgbtq refugees last year on what we would plan to do because we know that many members of the community that are persecuted in countries like, let's say, Iran, they can't make it into the selection process for refugees. So what is Canada doing? But like those groups like that should be at the top of the list for Canada's humanitarian immigration program. Mm -hmm. Instead, what we've got is a perversion of the system when people are abused. Abuse is a better word. When people have already reached the United States, which is a safe country, then illegally crossing the border and claiming asylum. So, you know, instead of looking at economic streams or, you know, changes to policy to stop this from happening, what you've got is politicians asking for money and then politicians giving more money that we don't have. And I think that that actually exacerbates the problem and incents people to continue making this unsafe journey. So, uh, you know, it is a question of fairness and compassion. And so, no, I I don't take any umbrage with speaking out because I think that, you know, for them to wrap themselves in this cloak of fairness and compassion, it's actually hypocrisy. So I think we have to continue pushing against that.
0: When this is raised in Parliament, what's the actual mood of people? What, 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 how, how much of a divisive point is this in Parliament itself?
2: Well, it, it's, I would characterize it on my part as, as, as deep frustration. Um, the a new Democratic Party, their their position is that the agreement which provides us some level of co- uh, uh, coordination with the U.S., that safe third country agreement, should just be abolished and that there should be no control in place there. Um, our position is that the, that agreement should apply to the entire border so that what's happening in Roxham Road doesn't continue.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, and then Trudeau is kind of in this situation where it's you know, and I think you and I have actually talked about this on the air. It's political calculus for him, right? Because he's got this hashtag welcome to Canada brand that he can't push back against without taking heat within, you know, sort of the liberal chattering classes. Right. But on the other hand, he's saying, well, the safe third country agreement is still still applies, but he won't apply it to the entire border. So what you have him is just throwing money at the problem. Billions of dollars. It's going to be billions of dollars over 10 years between cost of deportation Impacts on our social programs, processing costs, um, you know, transportation costs like, across levels of government. This this problem, what's happened in the last year and a half, is going to cost taxpayers billions of dollars. And I just don't find that acceptable. Um, this is not budgeted. So so the mood is one of frustration, and and, and in terms of division, like I mean, you know, I, I've had the Liberal Minister, I've had the Prime Minister, sort of accuse us of divisive politics on this, when in fact I think it's them. By them not addressing this issue and bringing the immigration system back to order uh, and compassion and fairness, they're actually eroding social license for immigration in Canada, and I think that's wrong. So they need to be called out on this. I have no problem doing that. I will continue to do that. But I think a lot of Canadians are now waking up to this reality and saying, and especially new Canadians who have come here, built a life, contributed to the country, are saying, look, we came here fairly. Um, What's going on here? And and that's really what Canadians need to do. They they need to put the heat on the prime minister to
0: solve this. Yeah, I agree completely. Michelle, thank you for what you're doing, and thanks for the time today. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Michelle Rempel, the immigration uh, shadow um, cabinet minister and uh, citizenship as well. My number is 800-263-2428. 1-800-263-2428. Sooner than later. It's going to be necessary to stop illegal migration into Canada. We just can't accommodate it. Sooner than later, there's going to have to be a plan. And it can't be a tweet from Justin Trudeau welcoming the world. It's impossible. Sooner than later, decisions are going to have to be made. Sooner than later. And they can't be political decisions. They're going to have to be pragmatic decisions. So 800-263-2428 is my number. 1-800-263-2428. Do we have to turn people back at the border? A number of years ago, that wouldn't even have been a question. It is now. Do we have to turn people back Just say no. You can't come in. You can't. 800 263 2428. Do you have any other ideas, thoughts, suggestions, plans, opinions you'd like to share? We'd like to hear them. We'll come back and go to the phones.
1: Sometimes you just have to agree to disagree. This is The Roy Green Show.
0: Send your emails to roy at roygreenshow.com. Roy at roygreenshow.com. Follow me on Twitter at the Roy Green Show, And uh, go to my webpage, RoyGreenshow.com, to listen back to anything that we've aired. Something I was going to tell you about, but I'm going to hang on to it for a few minutes. I've already tweeted it, but I this is this bears talking about particularly today. So let's go to your calls and hear your thoughts on what has to happen as far as. Our borders are concerned, and people who are arriving illegally. Following the uh, tweet of Prime Minister Trudeau, that's what it's all. That's what started it. That uh, come to Canada, come to Canada, come to Canada, and then we have the sanctuary city process, and there are a number of them across this country, where municipal police departments are actually expected to not follow the law. Anyway. Mayor Tory's listening, I'd like you to call, John. If you can get through, send me an email to roy at roygreenshow.com. Mayor Tory, send me an email to roy at roygreenshow.com and let me know where we can reach you and we will call you because there are things that we need to clear up with you. Dan is in White Rock, British Columbia. Go ahead, Dan.
3: Hey, Roy, thanks for having me on, on the show it's making a lot of people sick, Every uh, many things that are going on in our country. But most of all, I wonder why the powerful leaders of the world cannot step on the uh, countries that are uh, seemingly making these people flee. And uh, instead of accepting it all and letting it be swept into our backyards... Uh, they should be stepping on them and keeping those people where they belong and putting sanctions against these countries and making them take care of their people.
0: Dan, you're not saying that that, that nobody has a, nobody has a, a, a fair claim to a refugee claim, right? You're not saying that.
3: But we don't prepare we're not we're not no, we're not, we're prepare
0: not prepared to we're not prepared our
3: own people don't, anymore how, Dan, how can we tolerate this
0: yeah it's you got very emotional about this and i
3: of I, course it yeah. makes me sick i'm just speaking honestly i've seen housing and fraud real estate markets and the rich are rolling this place over and everybody's getting sick And it's turning us against each other. And they're doing a really good job of dividing us and conquering us. And they're doing an excellent job of it.
0: All right, Dan, I appreciate your call. What you said is going to be contentious to many people, but I always appreciate people calling and speaking their minds. If you get out of line, I'm going to have to cut you off. That's my job. But let me take another call. No, we don't really have time. I'll come back to your calls. After we take the break at the bottom of the hour, and we'll hear more from what you have to say about our borders, Uh, I have no idea what Mr. Trudeau's plan is. I'm completely confused about what the Prime Minister's idea is for Canada's border. On the one hand, he welcomes the whole world in. On the other hand, he's sending people out to constituencies in the United States and saying, don't come to Canada because you're not going to be allowed to stay. We have the mayor of Toronto wanting more money from the taxpayer. You can't have the borders open, period. Can't. More of your calls in just a minute.
4: He's always up for a good debate. This is the Roy Green Show. One of the issues that we have certainly uh, worked very hard to counter is, uh, first of all, the perception that uh, irregularly crossing into Canada is somehow a shortcut through our immigration system. It is not. Uh, everyone who comes across our border uh, regularly or irregularly uh, it will be put through our asylum process which will determine whether or not they are actually refugees uh, fleeing violence, persecution, terrorism, war, uh, and therefore qualify for asylum. And if they do not qualify as asylum seekers, they will be returned to their country of origin.
0: All right, so uh, there's Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada. I have a tweet, or not a tweet, an email from uh, Alam Khan that just uh, arrived, and I'm going to be speaking tomorrow with Major Mark Campbell from the PPCLI. Now, you've heard Major Campbell on this program previously. He's a member of the Equitas lawsuit. The, uh, the, they are the military veterans the prime minister spoke of as wanting more than the government can afford. Major Campbell lost both of his legs to an IED attack but I guess he wants more than the government can afford. Uh, this, the alum writes, if he's the same Major Campbell who lost his legs, then I know him. His interpreter, Foggy, was our supervisor for two years. Um, and I see here that the alum writes, for further info, let me know right now, I'm still in Turkey. I can't go back to Afghanistan. Can't go back because they're being hunted by the Taliban and, the, and Al-Qaeda. And he writes, I'm sick, uh, sore throat problem. The doctor tells me I need a tonsillectomy, a surgery which I cannot afford being sick and away from home and family, best regards. So here you have another interpreter for Canada's military. And they went out on the front lines with our soldiers. And as i said earlier when our troops were being fired at the interpreters were being fired at and uh as alex another interpreter who will be joining us tomorrow with major campbell on canada day as alex told us the uh the taliban and the uh, and al-qaeda would would target the interpreters particularly but we make no effort to allow the interpreters into canada and I've seen the letters of commendation and the you know, the letters of appreciation that were written for the interpreter, certainly for uh, for Alex. I haven't seen f- for the others, but there was a- another interpreter who came into Canada, and Joe Warmington from the Toronto Sun was very much active in making that happen. And he is a friend of Alex's, the interpreter we'll be talking to tomorrow, and we had them on the air together. The interpreter Joe brought into Canada helped happen. He's living in Calgary, very happy to be in Canada. But we've closed the door on the rest of them. Why? Why is that? Why do we have ISIS self-admitted killers walking unencumbered in Canada, in Toronto, giving interviews to New York Times bloggers about their the murders they've committed and telling the New York Times bloggers, well, we didn't tell Canadian police anything because it's none of their business. But they're walking unencumbered in Canada's largest city. The federal government has no interest in them. Why is that? Why is that? And the, the question that I have to ask you is this. I'll go to your calls right away. Um... Is Justin Trudeau's shout-out tweet, welcoming the world to come to Canada, and policies like Toronto's sanctuary city status, the reason our borders are being ignored and public shelters are being overwhelmed? And would you vote for a political party which pledges to turn back all undocumented illegals attempting to enter Canada? Sooner than later, it's going to be necessary to say no. Karen is in Burlington, Ontario. Hi, Karen. Thank you for the call.
4: I'm good, thanks. How are you?
0: I'm well. How are you doing?
4: Good, thanks. Hot day here. Um, Well,
0: yeah, I'm just down the road from you.
4: Yes, I know. It's very hot. Um, Okay, I I guess, number one, I'm wondering why the federal government is allowing these, I think they call them irregular immigrants.
0: That's what Mr. Trudeau calls them. That's what Mr. Trudeau calls them.
4: Right. Right. But there's a border in Quebec where all of these people are coming into the country.
0: Roxham Road. And as
4: I understand it from numerous shows that you've also had, that these people come in with any without any documentation. Yeah. They throw their thousand dollar, two thousand dollar cell phones, you know, a, a wayside before they cross the
0: border. Yeah, they lock so, them. They lock them first.
4: Yeah. So why is the federal government not actually setting up uh, legitimate border crossing to stop these people from coming in? If they're not allowed to come in, like number one is my question, number two, what they've done is instead the federal government has decided that they're going to give millions and billions of dollars to Quebec, Ontario, and Manitoba to house all of these people. And then that becomes a provincial problem, not a federal problem. And then he just shuts the door and lets more people in.
0: Well, the $50 million has been announced by the immigration minister, Mr. Ahmed, for for housing for people who enter Canada illegally. Meanwhile, we have Canadian military veterans who have no housing and nobody's taking care of them. Absolutely. Uh, so they're putting $50 million aside, and the, the whole approach by this government says to me that they have no interest in keeping people out.
4: I think I actually want to take that further. I think that Justin Trudeau and the Liberal government it's brownie points. I, I, don't, that... I don't know what
0: it is, because I keep, you know, for, for some reason, Karen, I keep going back to, and this may be just my own uh, odd brain workings, but I keep going back to what he said to the New York Times. Canada, he wants Canada to be the first post-national state. I just, I guess I see everything that he does, or most things that he does, from that perspective. And I noticed that Gerald Butts, Jerry Butts, yep. his, his advisor, who did such a wonderful job advising Dalton McGinty in Ontario, um, I, I see Mr. Butts is tweeting more and more in defense of the prime minister and the quasi-policies they have. There's some weird things going on. You know, they, there's just some very, very strange things that are happening. Um, when, when Mr. Trudeau had the—I uh, I forget his name now. The uh, It just escaped me— the, the uh the man who was abducted with his wife in in Afghanistan by Oh yes
4: um Yeah, Azar yeah. Azar. Um
0: Yeah. I saw jo- yeah, Joshua Boyle, Boyle. I don't know what yeah. To her. That's right, Joshua Boyle. He had he had Mr. Boyle and his kids yeah. in the PMO and then Boyle told media there's some interesting there's some things Trudeau and I have that are of mutual interest that we I guess talked about before years earlier well, years earlier, Joshua Boyle was married to Omar Cotter's sister. Yeah, I, I, am not trying to draw a line here, but it, it, this is, this is unusual. Very. It's just uh, I you, unusual.
4: I actually thought you were going to talk about Allison. Is it Allison? Oh, Hazard? yeah,
0: Allison Azar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
4: I haven't heard about her for a while. I she, don't know how that happened. Yeah, but... let me
0: tell you. She, uh, I got in touch with Allison a few months ago, and she preferred not to go back on the air to talk uh-huh. about her situation. But Mr. Trudeau told her that, uh, as you heard her say, he hugged her and told her if it was the last thing he did, he would make sure he she got her children back from Iran, where her husband had illegally taken them. Uh, and he had the opportunity. Allison told us that the opportunity was provided. Uh, the Iranians actually had the, her husband in yeah. in custody of some kind yeah. and asked Canada, what do you want us to do with with uh, with him? And I guess the answer was nothing, because nothing was done.
4: Exactly. That was the OPP. They were so RCMP, I think. Born. I
0: think it was yeah. RCMP, I think, yeah. Yeah,
4: RCMP. But, you know, it's really sad, because I think that Justin Trudeau is just out to make a name for Justin Trudeau across the world, and I don't think he really cares about the tax What do we cares. do at the
0: Karen, what do we do at the border? What, what would you say would be the appropriate thing to do if somebody arrives mm-hmm. at the border? And, and, you know, I'm not saying that we don't have... That we're not humans; that we don't look at somebody who's in difficulty and, and and don't care. That I'm just saying when you look at the when you look at our border, and you see people arriving, and you know we have laws, we have regulations that are already in the United States, which is a uh, deemed a safe country. I know Donald Trump's opponents will will argue against that, but it's deemed a safe country, um, and that we have the third safe third country agreement. What should, what's, what should we be doing with people who arrive at the border with their suitcases, with their families, and want to come into Canada? What should we do?
4: Well, I think that they should be assessed from the get-go. I mean, you don't just walk across the border without any um, ID or, you know, any rhyme or reason as to where you come from. And, and the fact that I find very strange is that these people are coming from the States. Yeah. It's not like they're coming into Newfoundland or Nova Scotia to Canada they're coming through the states, so what were they doing over there, and how long had they been there, and why are they coming to that's Canada? All,
0: that's all very legitimate questioning. Thank you for the call, Karen. It's all very legitimate questioning. And when you're in the United States, you're not supposed to enter Canada because the Safe Third Country Agreement says that the U.S. is a safe country, and that you, if you're, if you're a refugee claimant, then you stay there. And that was put in place, so you can't refugee country shop now. There are people marching all over the United States today in uh, protest to the Trump administration and their policy, which was based on U.S. law, of separating parents and children. I don't like that either. I mean, how, how can you? But I mentioned this last weekend, and it got some people's noses. Uh, well, I won't say out to joint. That's not fair. It got some people... Um, agitated when I said that under the Obama administration children of the border had been turned over to human traffickers and there's uh, there are a number of stories you can find them if you just if you just take the time to look for them and our, and, our, and our politicians should know this as well Washington Times January 28 2016 the Obama administration sent illegal immigrant children into modern- day slavery quote unquote, by turning them over to sponsors who forced them into child labor or subjected them to sexual abuse, members of Congress said Thursday as they demanded the top child protection officials explain how this could have happened. Social workers don't verify all sponsors' identities, don't make site visits to see how conditions they're sending the children to are, don't insist on follow-up visits to see how the kids are doing, and don't consider serious criminal records, including child sex charges, automatic disqualification for hosting a child, congressional investigators said. Uh, As a result, the government delivered children into the hands of what amounted to sexual predators or abusers or placed them into abject poverty, investigators detailed in a report about malfeasance at the Department of Health and Human Services and the Office of Refugee Resettlement. And this was during the years of the Obama administration. So when I told you that last weekend, I wasn't making it up. But nobody talks about this. It's a complex issue. But there you have stories, and and, and the and the congressmen and the senators, congress people, and the senators are named. So kids were turned over to sex sex traffickers and human traffickers. And if you had a criminal record, it wasn't considered to be something that disqualified you from taking. A, uh an abandoned child uh, or at the border into your custody and then they never checked up on them to see how they were doing there were no protests there was nobody in the streets we'll come right back
1: he may be opinionated but he never jumps to conclusions this is the roy Green Show.
0: I'm on Twitter, at the Roy Green Show, at the Roy Green Show. Follow me there. And, uh, again, emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Now, I just received an email from somebody who wanted to know what the headline of that story is that I was reading from, while well, it's Obama administration delivered illegal immigrant children to predators, lawmakers say, Washington Times. And, again, the date of it was January 28th. 2016 the story goes on to say in part one girl was sent to live with a man who claimed he was her cousin and who'd paid to smuggle her into the US it turned out he wasn't related at all but instead had paid to bring the girl with her mother's encouragement on the understanding that she would become his wife she became uncomfortable with their sexual relationship came forward to report the real story and was taken into Child Protective Services In another case, a boy was turned over to a man who posed as a relative but was in fact connected to smugglers who forced the child to work almost 12 hours a day to pay off the $6,500 his mother gave to smuggle him into the U.S., congressional investigators said. That situation is so prevalent, it's earned a name, debt labor. Worse yet, the administration acknowledged that it cannot account for each of the 90,000 children it processed and released since the surge peaked in 2014. So, that's not talked about. I'm not I'm not providing cover for Donald Trump. Well, there's a big picture here, and the entire big picture is what should be seen. Cody's in Muskoka calling us on the Roy Green Show. Hi, Cody, thank you so much for your call. Hi, how are you? Good, sir. How are you doing? Uh,
1: not too bad. On my way up north to the cottage.
0: All right. <laughs> I hope it's near a lake.
1: Yes, definitely. It's a hot one out today. Yes, sir. Fire away. Go ahead, Cody. So, uh,
0: where where were we? I um,
1: just want to make a comment about uh, some of the politics that's uh, happening around the world. I mean, if you look in uh, look at Germany, Italy, uh, Sweden, and a few of those other countries overseas. Uh, you know, they're experiencing issues there that are much worse than here. And and I think myself and it seems a good group of others are, are worried that that might start to happen in Canada. And it, it, what it looks like to me is a case of sweeping socialism and complete irresponsibility on, on behalf of our government. And, and the problem with continuing with this sort of mentality is the fact that, you know, Canadians who are here, legitimate immigrants who are here, who love Canada for what it is and what it has been, it might start to change and not for the better. When you start to bring in, uh, you know, a certain quality of people, you start, start to degrade our immigration system. And it, it's kind of like psychology where, you know, if you don't have strong boundaries, you let the wrong type of people into your life. And that creates all sorts of issues. And it's, it, it, really seems to be the same
0: thing. Well, you know, the, the interesting thing is we spoke with Cheryl Bernard uh, last weekend. She's a university professor who was active with the Rand Corporation and worked with uh, refugees and immigrants uh, for many years, particularly with refugees, and uh, she wrote a very compelling piece about all of the problems that uh occurred as far as sexual assaults in Europe are, are concerned we had her on last weekend and that's what that's yeah. that's the kind of that's sort of what has gotten Angela Merkel into the difficulty she's in now she almost lost her Chancellor's position in Germany it's now sort of been resolved I think because they're trying to work with other countries to come up with a system that would return anyone who doesn't doesn't qualify for refugee status return them move them out of Europe, immediately, but it's, it's, as I understand it, I could be wrong, but I think this is the way it's going to work, and it'll be a hub of countries that'll be specifically involved in this. Uh, this is a huge, huge issue, and it cannot be resolved by, um, by by the kind of semi-coherent policies that the government of Canada has in place. You still there, Cody? I guess we lost Cody's on the way to the cottage. Uh, don't blame him. Man, it's. Uh, how hot is it? Well, in Hamilton, Ontario, at the moment, it's 34 degrees Celsius or so 93 Fahrenheit. And with the humidex, it's about 9 million degrees. We'll come back after this.